Just a quick episode note, Jim and I recorded this podcast prior to the emergence of the Omicron variant of COVID-19. In today's episode, we're reflecting on 2021. Hey everyone, as we wrap up 2021, we're reflecting on the 42 podcasts we recorded and what we've learned about being fathers this year and what we're looking forward to in 2022. But first, here's my deal. I'm Dave. I have an eight-year-old daughter and a five-year-old son. I'm Jim. I've got an eight-year-old daughter and a five-year-old daughter. So Jim, it's been a crazy year. 2021 has been uh, pretty unique. And, uh, you know, as we think back on, you know, sort of the highs and lows, what, what has it been like for you? Uh, like so many people, I, f- I feel like 2021 is an extension from the beginning of, of COVID, you know, mm-hmm. from the from spring 2020 until now. It just feels like one long, <laughs> one great long year. year. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you know, the, and all the, the usual rhythm that, you know, breaks up the calendar year just was all broken and just wasn't working right. It was, it, you know, like everyone else, this was, this was a strange year. But I was thinking about specifically for this year. And um, so we started the year with, with the quiet holidays. I think we got together with, uh, with some of our family over the break. Um, we didn't go anywhere. Sometimes we, we go up to the mountains. And, you know, I, I, what I used to say in the, the COVID thing is that, you know, big picture, I was thinking that big picture, long term, uh, that this whole time was going to be a net benefit for kids, you know, like kids of this age and kids of this generation are probably going to have a net benefit just because they're, you know, I think we've talked about this before, just because they're spending so much time with their family, so much time with their parents, the parents aren't commuting, that sort of uh, hectic hustle and bustle is just kind of took a back seat for a while. And it was a nice, it was a nice rhythm. And it does feel good to be getting back into more social activities, particularly in our new community. But um that that time feels kind of like a cocoon feels like a sort of time capsule that uh, that I feel like we're kind of coming out of it now um, the other thing about COVID I used to say it was either time for big changes or time for no changes at all and we have a lot of uh, we know a lot of people and a lot of friends and you know in the news about uh, about people leaving cities and going to the suburbs or moving cross-country uh, you know moving to Idaho or whatever and just making big changes or people who are just sitting tight and kind of riding it out. So we ended up uh, somewhere in between. We did make a big change, and that was kind of the the defining moment of uh, this past year where we moved out to the suburbs and started the girls in a new school. And for as far as parenting, that was an interesting transition in that uh, the five-year-old had gone from a, a small kind of remote pod daycare with five other kids, three other kids, mm-hmm. uh, three other kids and her sister, so five total, um, and then she started a, a, a daycare in the neighborhood uh, with, excuse me, a preschool in the neighborhood that had like 12 or 18 kids. And then, uh, you know, we had her move and now she's starting in, in kindergarten. So that was a big transition for her. She had done a pre-K three. She didn't do pre-K four because of the COVID and now she's going into kindergarten. So that was a big, a big leap. And then the eight year old, uh, you know, she had been in a remote school uh, at that same pod with, uh, with her younger sister. And she was one of the last in her grade to go back to school. Uh, and so she spent most of that school year working remotely in that in that pod. So now she's back into school as a third grader. And that was uh, kind of a concern of mine. How is she going to assimilate as a third grader that feels like harder than even a second grader? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that the, you know, the the ages are just a little bit different. It's starting to become a little bit more real. And, and she did fine. So 
you know, overall, after the move, it's just been a, a lot of adjustment to the school, to the new community, you know, our neighbors and our families and, and kind of getting um, kind of getting dialed in. And it's it's been going great. The school's good. The girls love their school. Uh, the older one fell into a, kind of a group of girls that have a kind of crew going. And it's nice to, you know, it's about it's three three other girls. So four of them that, um, that seem to have a good sort of friendship going. And the younger ones accumulate, uh, assimilating fine. You know, she's got. Uh, she also has a, uh, you know, a whole crew of friends that she's had over for playdates, and so it feels nice. It feels like a that is a big change, and things look way different afterwards. But it's been overall, it's been a good year. Yeah, I think you know, like you, I certainly feel, you know, in the moment right now, right that there is. Uh, sort of roughly a sense of normalcy returning, right? Our kids are in school, the sort of all of the pandemic, oh, a lot of the pandemic restrictions are, um, have been relaxed. I mean, obviously there's still some masks in school and stuff like that, but a, a lot of the things, the smaller cohorts, all of those things have been relaxed and sort of six feet of space. And, you know, we've got the vaccines rolling out for anyone over four years old. So it feels like, I don't, you know, to me, I don't think this thing is over, but it sort of feels like there is a sense of normalcy there. You know, my kids are back in after school activities, which, you know, they haven't done in two years. And so not all of them, because some of them feel a little more uh, COVID potentials than others like swimming and and jujitsu. But it it does sort of start to feel like the a little bit more pre-pandemic days. You know, I also think that, this year we're also in third grade and and just the social challenges that we're confronting as uh, as a third grader are just they're just so much different you know i could start to see a little bit of that happening in maybe first and second grade you know working through this mostly you know the social side and friends and navigating all that but man third grade is just it's just amped up by a factor of a hundred i mean the way things are happening and, and so it's it's been sort of difficult to stay on top of it but also you know was it sort of a necessary thing to happen i think it's good that it, they're having these discussions now but i'm not clear that i was necessarily ready for them and you know i, I guess speaking about things that i was not ready for my daughter is now sort of starting to feel out her her independence and, uh, you know, it, it's it's showing up in things like this year, she went out to Halloween with a friend. It, and it just, it, like, it wasn't even, that, it was, we were an afterthought, basically. It was like, all right, can I go to this friend? Drop me off, I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Like, come back in, like, five hours, ideally, which was not the case. But, and, um, I mean, I remember I, I pulled up to their house, and, it, you know, it was one of these things where she opened the door, like, not even a bye, Dad just opened the door and ran out of the car like I had the plague, right? Just like, couldn't get out of here fast enough. So that's a little bit painful, I got to say, as a dad. Um, and I think the, just the other ways that she's expressing, like her individuality, she's, uh, as an eight-year-old now, she wants to get pierced ears. And so we're starting to look into that. And, uh, you know, so that's, you know, we're seeing that. And But at the same time, there's still this balance where, there are still moments where she needs us, which is kind of nice too, right? So you can see that she's sort of teetering on the edge of like wanting complete independence, but still needing some space where she needs the parents to help and support her, which is great. I also think that if I look back and, and as you're talking about 
sort of this never-ending pandemic multi-year, right? I, I, I think that the pandemic was terrible, obviously. There's way more negative stuff to come out of it than positive. But there are, to me, just a couple of little positives, right? It was that sort of that we just had so... We had less distractions, right, in terms of all the after school, all the weekends, the birthdays, the play dates and stuff. And it allowed for us to spend more time as a family. And you just sort of realize at that point, too, like how maybe overscheduled your kids are and the fact that you spend all of your time just running from place to place and dropping kids off and then waiting. Right. It's, it's sort of hurry up and wait, grab the kids, rush over to practice. And now you've got an hour to do nothing and then pick up the kids and then run back home to make dinner and then get everybody to bed and then try and find a little bit of time for yourself. And so those were, I think, the things that not having those distractions during the sort of the hardcore of the pandemic times was refreshing. It's funny, there uh, there's a parent that we both know who, you know, she's very, very organized. And I think this year she's just like, like we all kind of have been, we're like, I'm not sure what's going on. Like, is this, is, is there a thing tomorrow? Is it next week? Is there one at all? And it, it's just, it's, it's very out of character, I think. And I think it's because we're sort of still trying to make that adjustment to like, oh yes, there's all of these schedules. Like I'm one of these people that, you know, when the schedule for the year comes out, I put everything into the calendar right away. And she was also one of those people. And now she's like, is there practice tomorrow? Because I'm not really sure, you know? And uh, I think that's how it sort of affected us. Uh, you know, in, in terms of my son, it's it's interesting, again, so our kids, our youngest, well, both of our kids are the same age. And my youngest in, in kindergarten, you're really seeing his personality come out. He's growing into a social person, you know? Last year he was in school, but in these very small cohorts, he was in a class of seven. And there was no interacting with anybody else. And so as far as you knew, you were like the only kids at school. You could see other kids, but it was like the zoo, right? You couldn't touch them. You couldn't interact with them. You, know, you couldn't get close. So it was just those seven kids that he had. And then this year he's gone from a class of seven to a class of, I think, 20. And so at the beginning, I'm like, do you even know everybody's names? Because he only had one friend with him when he moved in that class of 20. And a lot of these kids actually had been at school before and they were in bigger classes or they'd been at the school for the last two years. So they knew a bunch of kids, whereas my son had only been there the year before and so only knew those seven kids. And so, you know, kind of seeing him work his way through these larger circles of friends and navigating a larger class size in kindergarten has been really, uh, it's been really nice to see how he's been doing that. And I think that, you know, with all these ups and downs that we've experienced um, over the last year, it, it, it makes you appreciate the little things, right? I mean, pre-pandemic, we spent time together. There, you know, we eat our meals together. We have family time, blah, 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 blah. But there is something in, I think, having gone through what we all went through. And I, I find that, you know, it's, it's really easy to get caught up in the daily grind and sort of not recognizing just those little moments um, and, and, and sort of being out on the back end, I, I think that I recognize those more than I used to. You know, just a smile on my son's face or my daughter just sitting in her bed and reading. You know, just those sort of moments of everyday life where they're just, they're in their own space and I'm allowed to participate in that has been really special to sort of slow time down and to just sort of take it in and recognize that 
you know, those moments are passing, you know, especially our daughters are way closer to middle school than we think, mm-hmm. or well, that we want really. And <laughs> you know, they're going to be changing. And, uh, you know, even my son, right. They think that transition between kindergarten and first grade you know, for us also, it's, it's big because he moves buildings right now. He's in a building of, you know, it's just, the, it's, it's a smaller group of kids. He's going to move into a much bigger building. It's like, it's not like legit school, but he's going to be in like a building with a bunch of older kids. And, you know, so there's a lot of um, milestones that we're going to be hitting here kind of coming up on this year. And so I, I have been trying to take this year to sort of slow things down and really appreciate, you know, everything this year, because it, like I said, the daily grind, you just get caught up in it and life goes so fast. And this is that opportunity to just remember it because, it just goes too quickly. Yeah. I mean, that's what I mean about this time is, uh, it's been really one, you know, as you're talking about your daughter reading her book and you and I used to talk about, uh, you know, one of the nicest parts about picking up the girls is just hanging back mm-hmm. and watching them interact or watching them do their own thing, you know, without, without us there, without them knowing that it's there. And, and I feel like when you describe your daughter, I feel like we're getting a glimpse of that now you know in in our own home environment and and seeing them be their own people in their own space mm-hmm. yeah it's uh it's it's quite a, a transformation that you can see which is which is great i mean assuming this is a good transformation but but i think they have been for us uh, so we've been we've been good that way um yeah so let's touch a little bit on i think we ran through about 40 some odd 43 episodes this year you know, can you talk about some of some of your favorite episodes and, and why they're your favorites? So the move, that was a big move. And so I think my number one podcast was uh, was preparing for a move and mostly because it forced me to really think about that in a in a more mindful and, and sort of proactive way instead of just stumbling through it and kind of hoping that I could do the best. So some of those tips that that we share in that podcast were things that I used and that and that really worked. And I've I've uh, recommended that podcast to others. That are moving and they seem to get some value out of it so i think that's probably number one uh, sleepovers is big because that's something that's now on the horizon our, our daughters have not had uh, sleepovers with, with friends and i think a lot of that with the older one has to do with uh, last year being the pandemic mm-hmm. uh, and so i don't recall when i started doing sleepovers but i feel like it, it's time for her it's time for her to start doing sleepovers and so that helps prepare me as a parent and, and helps prepare her for for those uh those times and it's it's going to happen and it's going to happen quickly and and her little group of friends are really excited about it and so i don't know if those other kids are having sleepovers or not but it's it's going to start happening quickly mm-hmm. so that was helpful the episode on uh, screen time is one that i think about often because the the girls are happier they're they're happier when they're not looking at devices or they're not watching tv and i have to remember that because it is it's really easy Mm-hmm. If they're, you know, if they're nagging me about it or if they, you know, and I'm, I'm harried doing something else, uh, you know, and I need a little bit of um, a little bit of separate time. It's really tempting to pick those things up. And if I can be meaning pick up those devices and let them use it. And if I can be more uh, patient mm-hmm. and watch them fill that time by themselves, they're, they're going to be happier and it's going to be better. So it, it helps me get over that that knee-jerk reaction of, you know, I need something, I need an electronic babysitter, you know, mm-hmm. if I can get through that knee-jerk reaction, then, then they're going to end up being happier. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, the challenges of fatherhood and how to be a good dad, those are both ones that stay with me, uh, particularly how to be a good dad. It was interesting to reflect on that 
and to you know read what what other people are saying uh, i guess in the media the things that we find in google searches and the articles and things that we read that was an interesting perspective and i'm, I'm glad we got a chance to talk through that yeah, we have a, a few overlaps. Um, I'll actually start chronologically. I, one of the my favorite episodes is uh, episode five that we did talking about you know what to what, what to do if you get separated from your child, and that one to me was it's just so important because we've both had experiences that were you know quite scary where we were separated from our our daughters and you know in that moment it's the most terrifying thing and you try and sort of okay, you know, you kind of work through all the possibilities. Where could she have gone and, you know, what could happen? And those are really scary moments. And I think it's one of those, uh, what is it, an ounce of something prevention is worth Prevention. Yeah. yeah what, right. right? Yeah. Like basically mm-hmm. the whole the whole point, right, is that like if you think things ahead and you sort of prepare, and, and really sort of what I'm talking about is not preparing for, to get separated from your child, but preparing your child to know what to do. And then there was also point of like what you're supposed to do as the adult, right? So it's really, it's right, again, prepping everyone in the case that you lose track, you know, how do you handle it? And I remember one of the things that we talked about in that podcast too was that you said, you know, whenever you're in a new place, you sort of have that safety meeting at the beginning. And that's something that I hadn't, it hadn't occurred to me to sort of do that religiously. And since we've had that podcast, that is something that I do religiously. And I think also as we are also sort of, re-emerging to the world right i think the kids have also just sort of forgotten what they would because it's been like you know Mm -hmm. it's it's been the better part of a year and a half since they've been in a museum they've been to the zoo a few times because it's outdoors but Mm -hmm. they still have not been to a museum and so the next time we go to a museum i'd be like okay you know this like these people in these colored shirts they work here you know if you get lost go find this color shirt and they'll help you out or, you know, whatever it is. And uh, just this weekend, we were somewhere, I can't remember where, and I, you know, had to sit down with my kids, the young one in particular, like, okay, what do you do? Here's what you do. I think we were out in the shopping or something. I'm like, where, you know, if you get mm-hmm. lost, what would you do? You know? So those are the kinds of things. I, it's, I just, it's, it's so important because there's just so much stress. As somebody who's gone through it, we both have gone through it. It's, it's utterly terrifying. And if you're not prepared for it, it just can be that much more stressful. Yeah, we were at the zoo today, and I thought about this episode. We, you know, we're at the front gate getting our tickets and take a knee. Come on, you know, huddle <laughs> <Yeah>. up, <laughs> huddle up. Let's have our safety meeting. Yeah. We went through all the the terms, and it's it, what's also nice is just to see to see them gain some sort of comfort and assurance about it. You know, that it's it just it feels like they relax a little bit. And, you know, and then we reassure, we're, of course, we're not going to get separated, right? Right. But in case, <laughs> yeah, in case <yeah>. we do. <laughs> yeah. So that that is uh, an episode that I do think about frequently, especially when we're in new venues. Uh, another episode 10 I really like, we're talking about tabletop gaming. I love board games and the kind of the, the love talking about board games and the kind of board games that we got. And, and, and I think sort of the rationale. So I'm always very intentional about the games that i buy it's not just like oh that's the top selling game but like what am i i usually try and use them as teaching vehicles for whatever it is i'm trying to do maybe it's teamwork right now it's math so we've got a bunch of math games where there's like that is the actual game mechanic it requires math skills so that's i I just that's a fun one for me personally uh so you know here we get into a little bit of the overlap i think episode 21 challenges of fatherhood just like you that that to me is a really important one um, you know, I, I just don't think there's a lot of 
resources out there to understand sort of the realities of being a father, right? I mean, you sort of at some point go, okay, I want to be a dad. And a lot of people then focus on the, well, how do I be a good dad? But that's not the same thing as understanding what it's going to take to be that good dad, right? Like, I think there is, if, if you want to be the kind of dad that you think you want to be, there are certainly, there's some drawbacks to that. You know, it might be that you have no free time all of a sudden because you want to spend all your time with your kids, you know, those kinds of things. And that's something, you know, the, the, the challenge that I face continuously is just not having enough time for myself. It's, I'm still at that point. Um, I'm finding little ways here and there. And, you know, I think I'm getting closer, but I mean, it's been eight years and I'm still not, I still have not found a consistent place for me to find some space. So I think it, it really is sort of a realistic view of the challenges of being a dad. And it's, you know, the intention here is not to scare anybody away from being a dad far, far from it. It's just to understand, Hey, the, you know, this is what you're getting yourself into. And these are the things you might want to think about maybe in advance, maybe not. It's okay. I mean, but I think it always being sort of aware of some of the things that might be coming down the road to me is a good thing. Episode 25, personal one for me, it's um, I interviewed my father and sort of had a chance to reflect on my childhood and, and what he taught me growing up and how that affected, you know, the kind of parent that I am. So, you know, that's sort of my origin story. And I, I got a lot out of that. And I, I think that that is it can be helpful for other people to kind of listen to that one and see, you know, sort of, again, this sort of intentional parenting and, and potentially sort of how it flows from one generation to the next, right? Like, ultimately, I think that's what we're hoping is that if we're good intentional parents, then our children will be good intentional parents and so on and so forth. And so sort of the, the downstream implications of being, you know, uh, good, good fathers, which leads me to episode 34, as you point out, right? How to be a good father. I think that was a really good one. I think, you know, that one, sort of that, that topic does sort of come up frequently and, and it and we sort of talked about intentional parenting, which I, I believe that's a lot of what we're doing here, right? It's not just stumbling into stuff, but it's trying to anticipate where the problems are gonna be and trying to get in front of them or anticipate where we sort of ultimately wanna end up and figuring out, well, how do we get from point A to point C? What is point B that's gonna get us there? And it, it to me, it was sort of like what our thoughts on fatherhood just boil down into a 45 minute audio episode, right? And and so I think that it's it 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 really provides a, a basis, almost like a primer on our sort of our own philosophies on parenting and, and what we're trying to accomplish. So, you know, with all that said, what are maybe the things that, that you learned about parenting this year? It, it, you know, parenting is sort of a continuous learning process. And what were the things that you took away from it this year? I think you had mentioned earlier this this third grade reality that we're facing, and I remember, I remember a father that I spoke to a couple of years ago, and, and his daughter was in high school, and I think I think our daughters were still, I guess, the toddler stage, and he was giving me a preview of coming attractions. He's and he said, you know, <laughs> she's, you're gonna reach that that you know get close to that uh, puberty age, and he's like, you can't solve everything with like silly tickles and snuggles, you know, like it's it's the real deal. You're gonna have to sit down and talk about these things and talk through feelings and emotions and and social dynamics and and I I feel like we are at the that threshold and certainly feeling the third grade dynamics the, that my daughter is going through uh, I mean it's not you know it's not a chess match or anything it's not terribly challenging but it's more than the toddler play date it's more than share your toys you know take turns 
uh, it's definitely getting into to more complex and more nuanced things. Uh, back to the move, I learned that kids are super resilient and that that whole process went really well, mostly just because they're kids and that they can handle that sort of change. And, you know, so long as we provided the, the help that we could in the ways that we could, it seemed to work out pretty well. Um, and, and screen time, you know, even I guess knowing that the girls are happiest without screen time, that's something that I, I had known just sort of intuitively, but it's been interesting to be more aware of that, particularly through our conversations and, and observing them and, and just knowing that there's something else, there's something bigger there that is easy to just gloss over. But whatever that bigger thing is, you know, whether it's the, you know, the dopamine style of, of portable devices or uh, some, some something about content that, you know, is psychological, you know, plays on the brain in some way. I don't know what it is, but there's something more than just zoning out on, a, on an iPad. And it's been interesting to be more aware of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think like you, well, we, you know, we recently did those two episodes right on social media and, and Facebook whistleblower testimony and the sort of discussion around online safety and how unprepared my daughter is uh, because it's just not something that we thought about, but she is starting to move in that direction. You know, she's asking to play Minecraft and she wants to play about us. And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, I got to play this game for myself because it, it appeared to me like there was online chatting, which there isn't, but you know, so these kinds of things. And and one of the things we talked about in that uh, episode in particular was that, you know, we teach our kids what to do in case of, fires or as we both talked about right in case they get separated but are we teaching them what to do if somebody's harassing them online are we teaching them you know what to do if somebody asks for an inappropriate photo or you know just those kinds of things right and how sort of woefully unprepared my daughter is now that being said she's not really online she certainly doesn't have access to any social media tools but it's coming and it's inevitable and I kind of feel like this is the point where we start to lay the groundwork for eventually. I mean, we, we sort of talk about this as they're growing up, right? And they're stretching their independence. At some point, they're going to get online and there's only so much you can do to monitor them. I mean, yes, you could install some spyware on some stuff, I suppose. But short of that, I mean, what? So you're going to follow them on TikTok? Like they're going to show you everything they do on TikTok. You know, like they're just going to create another account. So you know, I, that, that piece of thinking through, like, this is the time to sort of have, start thinking about it. And again, this is, goes back to that intentional parenting because our kids are not there yet, but they're going to be there pretty soon. And so we want to get out and in front of it. So that was kind of a big takeaway for me, just sort of all these things that have been going on this year about that. The, the other one is, and again, you sort of touched on it, right? Is this, it's the fact that how parenting is constantly changing and you, you sort of get into this point where you feel like, well, I, in a groove right i got this handled like you know first grade girl stuff second grade girl stuff i'm pretty good like i feel like i can i'm mostly equipped for this third grade girl stuff like completely out of my depth (laughs) just like like, i don't she comes home and she's like here's a story and i'm like i not really sure what to say you know and and uh, sometimes it's tragic right like she has a problem like somebody doesn't want to play with her and i'm like i don't there's only so much that you can tell a kid that they're going to listen to you, right? Like your argument might be completely logical, but it's, this is not a logical problem. It's an emotional issue, right? And so sort of how you go from saying, well, they probably don't really mean that because the next day they always end up playing with you. But in that moment, 
that's not what that's not what the you know my daughter cares about and i think the thing that i've i've sort of realized too is that my daughter in particular internalizes a lot of stuff and so you know when there is something that's said at school that a kid probably doesn't realize what they're saying but my daughter takes it very seriously you know she just sits there and kind of chews it over and it, you know it gets into a ball and so i felt really pretty good up until third grade I mean, there were some challenges last year. Although, well, I guess last year or the year before, they weren't really in school. So I suppose maybe that helped us out too in terms of the social uh, transition. But that has been really something that it does remind you how every time you got a handle on something, you know, okay, now the kid can eat or, you know, now they're crawling and oh, now they're walking and now I got to do this. You know, you, you get comfortable with something. You feel like you have the answers and then all of a sudden, the next development changes and as you point out in that story right that the the challenges that we're facing now with eight-year-olds they're not as black and white as they used to be it was a lot easier when it was like you're wrong you're right that's you know ethical that's moral it's not now it's there it's pretty much all shades of gray and also it's sort of deciphering trying to read between the lines between like is that what really happened or is that what you perceive right. to have happened right because that really is very very different and at this age i think the difference between it's quite i mean there's a lot of swings in, in the reality and the, and the truth which sort of leads me to the last point about what 2022 was about for me also was you know figuring out where your resources are and leveraging those resources you know, so at school we have access to SCL people and things like that. And that's kind of how I did a little bit of this, you know, some of the challenge that when she said, hey, this person X, Y, or Z, and if I just didn't have an answer, I'd write the SCL teacher and say, look, this is what's going on. Like, can you email me? Can we jump on a quick Zoom call? Like, can you help me figure out like how to move like here? And part of it is it's not just saying, what do you think? But it's, it's saying, look, this is, Based on what she's told me, this is sort of how I'm thinking about it, how I'm approaching it. I'm curious what your thoughts are and what you might do differently. And so uh, it's really sort of figuring out where the experts are and then understanding how to leverage them and then taking that advice. You know, the other thing is my son, I, I thought for a while my son might have a speech impediment. Well, not impediment, but might have a speech disorder, like where he just, he, he, um, his diction isn't very good. So sometimes it can be difficult to understand him. And as his family, it seems like we should be able to understand everything that comes out of a five-year-old. So I, you know, said something to the school and they're like, we'll keep an eye on it. I'm like, great, thank you. And I did mention something to my doctor and she's like, oh, we can refer you to somebody. And so we went to go see a specialist and he's like, your kid's fine. Like ran through all the tests, no problem. And uh, we had our, you know, parent-teacher conferences recently and the people at school were like, oh yeah, you know, we're paying attention. We don't see anything wrong with him. And so this is where I go, okay, I guess I don't need to worry about it, right? So it's it's sort of, again, I think finding who's got the level of expertise and figuring out how that fits in to your story. And hopefully you say, okay, well, these experts know more than me and they don't see there's a problem here. And I guess I, you know, I guess we're okay. So a lot of, lot of sort of learning on that this year. Which brings us to 2022. Uh, you know, so if we think about what we learned last year, what are you looking forward to coming up here in 2022? As far as the family goes, it is, you know, you had said kind of a return to 
normalcy and it's not really i'm really tired of wearing masks it still feels like the virus is a deal but it, it you know it does there's more social interactions more uh, you know outdoor events and the, the usual things so i'm hoping that 2022 will feel more normal and uh, the one thing that i realized we've been missing is uh, spending time with our cousins with my niece and nephew and that, that's something we had we would do every at least once a month and or maybe every two or three weeks where we'd go down there, they'd come up here and we'd spend the day together and uh, the cousins could play together. And we obviously haven't done that over the last year and a half and not nearly as much as we used to. So I'm looking forward to getting back into that that practice or that, uh, you know, now that the, their kids are vaxxed, my niece and nephew mm-hmm. are, vac- are vaccinated and uh, my girls are halfway there. So, um, you know, two vaccinated families that are taking masks and social distancing seriously, I feel like we should be able to have some sort of sense of back to a normal normal sort of family social activities. Uh, with the older one, she is now a voracious reader, which is fantastic. I think that's a huge parenting win for us this year. And somehow we got her turned on to reading chapter books and she's, it's just delightful to see her sitting with her nose in a book and, you know, reading quietly for half an hour, 45 minutes. So I think that she's, uh, going to be doing more reading and we're going to encourage that and really more of a we're going to find uh, the things that she really enjoys and just do kind of a deeper investment into those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, up until now, we've been doing kind of a survey, you know, try a mm-hmm. little bit of basketball, piano lessons, dance, ballet, whatever. Uh, so I think as as she learns more about what she likes and that we can recognize that, we'll just kind of push her into those directions. And then with the younger one, we are just starting that survey. You know, we'll put her in the dance class and, uh, you know, they're doing... Um, uh, a thing with rabbits, uh, sort of a neighborhood thing with rabbits and see what they're really interested in and kind of help that help the younger one start to identify what she wants to do. Other than that, we, I don't know, we might do some travel, might, um, we don't have anything planned yet. It'd be really nice to get back to an island vacation. That's something we haven't done in a number of years. So other than that, I think like so many people, it's kind of one month at a time. Yeah. It's funny. Our, my, the things that I'm looking forward to are almost the same as yours. I mean, certainly the the return to normalcy. I think everyone's looking forward to that. I mean, we want to get back to travel, but we also want to get back to summer camps. You know, just yeah. sort of the, the normal stuff that we we weren't really comfortable with summer camp last year, and so we you know we kept them out, and it wasn't that hard because we were at home anyway. It wasn't like we had to figure out who was going to stay home with the kids and everyone's home anyway. <laughs> so that, that was easy enough. But also things, just the, the sort of after-school activities that they enjoyed that we we have not yet been ready to re-embrace, like swim class, which felt like, you know, being in a Petri dish. And uh, jujitsu, where you're basically, right, you're, you're grappling on the ground with your opponent, so you're right in front of each other. Also did not feel super safe with an airborne, you know, transmitted uh, virus. So yeah, our kids are kind of getting there, uh, you know, in terms of the vaccination. So that, that I think the travel actually is probably the biggest one for us in terms of that was a sense of, uh, of normalcy and the kids miss it completely. They are ready to go. I mean, we, the, the sort of travel that we did this year was mostly just car travel. So within, you know, just a, call it 200 miles but they really want to get back on a plane and and go some places and so that'll be good that really i think will signal to them like hey things are getting pretty close to normal um you know i I sort of mentioned that my son will be going into first grade and that's a you know new building for him so that's that's a, a big boy move and also you know certainly just in general there's just a big transition the 
the you know the focus for them will be really sort of amping up their reading skills and things like that so school gets a little bit more serious in, at first grade than it has been in sort of pre-k four and kindergarten so that'll be a big transition for him our daughters are going to be headed into fourth and i you know that's that's just way closer to middle school that i'm comfortable with or or sort of mentally prepared for and uh especially seeing the the challenges the social challenge of a third a third grader i'm scared about what fourth grade will bring and how that all works out uh, i'm always worried about the the mean girl thing i don't i don't know if it's i don't know when that's gonna happen or all you know all these things and and hopefully it doesn't but it is something that i'm sort of got my spidey sense out for and, and like you, I'm excited to sort of see where their interests take them. So our daughter is reading more, which is great. Love seeing that. She has always been sort of a uh, an arts and crafts kind of girl, which is good. I am going to be introducing 3D printing this year, which I think will be a lot of fun. I think our son will enjoy that because I, I think he thinks pretty well in three dimensions. And I'm curious to see sort of um, how my daughter takes to it because I think she I, I think she will like it. Uh, she's in a tinker space class right now, which she does enjoy. Although she doesn't like the coding class, which is fine, she'll drop that. But other things that I'm kind of curious to see how she goes. Uh, there's a pottery class that we're probably looking into for next um, year. That I, I, she's done like one class of pottery and she seemed to like it. And I think that would be. I mean, there, there's certainly something about. You know, I think probably being that physical and really being able to mold and take something that, you know, doesn't look like anything. She's actually already started with some like air dry clays where she'll she's been decorating her room seasonally. So she made a bunch of Halloween themed things and then she hangs it from her desk and she recently, you know, made a Christmas tree. And so she she likes that kind of activity. And I do want to get her jewelry store off the ground. We sort of talked about that uh, way back, I don't know, or an early episode, maybe an episode like three, when we were talking about allowance and things like that. And I was trying to take one of her, at the time, passion projects and try and turn that into sort of a little entrepreneurial game. And so I'm, I'm curious to see if, if we can get that off the ground and see if she enjoys that. And, and then, um, you know, for, for our son, you know, his academic process progress is doing pretty well and he's curious about reading and math so you know it's kind of a function of helping him explore those outside of school i'll also be introducing 3d printing to him and and something that i've been really excited about for a while is he'll he should be old enough at five this year uh to do lego summer camps where they have projects they have to build stuff and then they can drop in like automation and mindstorm uh, activities and like that and i think he'll really enjoy that and i would love to see the kind i mean the kinds of things that he create and by adding the sort of automations and the movement i think that will just bring his more of the stem stuff to the forefront but also it will unlock potentially a whole new set of ideas for him to pursue uh, when he plays with Lego. So really, really interested to see how that's going to go. So heading into 2022, we just wanted to say thanks for listening. And we hope this podcast has been helpful for your journey as a parent. If you'd like to support the podcast and hear more discussions around fatherhood, please subscribe and drop us a review. You can also head over to the website, papayfatigue.club. That's P-A-P-A-E-S-T-F-A-T-I-G-U-E.club to pick up some merch 
and use the discount code podcast for 10% off. If you have any questions, hit us up on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Thanks for listening.